If you, um, well, let me begin with this. So today is the Pink Sunday. Um, in the, there's two penitential seasons, Advent and Lent, and halfway through each, the church says, okay, lighten up a little. And so it's, <laughs> so during Advent, it's Gaudete Sunday, command, you rejoice. And um, in Lent, it's uh, Laudate Sunday, Laudate, Laudate, I think that's right. Um, again, it's another command form, you know, you praise the Lord. Um, and in both those Sundays, the priest is permitted, although it is not required, to wear a pink vestment. And uh, we've been here for, I've been here for three years and I've yet to acquire one. Um, and it's not likely I will. Some men can pull it off. Some look like big strawberries. <laughs> but the reason we light the pink candle, okay, is that, you know, the church understands, like, sometimes doing the penitential thing uh, can get heavy. It can get really heavy. And so we always want to remember where the penitential stuff is pointing us to. We don't stay in the repentance. The repentance is not a destination. It's just, it's a temporary space to get to the celebration, right? We have to clear things away to receive what the feast is, is going to give us as it comes. So the two great penitential seasons lead up to the two greatest solemnities of the church. Christmas, the incarnation, the enfleshment of Christ, and, and then, of course, Easter. And then we celebrate those, uh, we celebrate those, those solemnities. Uh, for the first week, it's called the octave. So the octave of Christmas, every day after Christmas is celebrated as though it's Christmas, same thing with Easter, and same thing with my birthday. It, every day is just... <laughs> So, yeah, so for Christmas and Easter particularly those, and then we have a whole season. And so I, I very much encourage you, if you can, you know, I mean, I realize there are, there are certain constraints, but if you, you know, if you can keep the, the tree up and the, the festivities up until January 6th particularly, um, you know, the epiphany, to remember that we celebrate, Catholics celebrate more after, well, we just, we're Catholic, we always celebrate, but... But really, you know, for us, we celebrate the event and then after the event. That's, that's how the rhythm liturgically goes. And we all know that, I guess, but it's good for a reminder. So if you were at this Mass last week, you, you kind of lucked out because you didn't get the homily that was really focused on repentance, where I went through the entire Ten Commandments and... Uh, you know, really tried to get people to reflect on what perhaps they needed to repent and what I needed to repent all of us uh, from. The whole idea of repentance presumes sin, presumes that there's a need for change, presumes there's a need for a Messiah and a Savior. As the Lord said, I have come for those who are not well. I've come for those who are sick those in need of a physician, those who understand they, they lack something and they need me to, to make up for what they're lacking. Not, you know, not just salvation, but really everything in life. Now, this can be a very difficult thing for us to look at, you know, especially um, 
just, just dealing with how contemporary culture is, is uh, in post-modernity, you have, because of the subjectivism, you know, that is so prevalent today, um, you know, everybody is just sort of told, oh, you're perfect the way you are. No, you're not. <laughs> not from a Catholic or Christian perspective. Immaculate Conception, I began my homily with, every single one of us is born defective. Please stand. <laughs> what a way to end, you know, the homily. There's the good news. But that's true. Every single one of us is born defective. The Jews believed it. The early, the early Christians, only Catholics then, believed it. And even the Protestants believe it. And they believe it actually more severely than we do. But... Um, Every human being is born with defects. So this idea that, that is sort of prevalent today that, oh, you're perfect, God created you the way you are, and so just live that way, N no. God doesn't believe that. God has not revealed that to be true. In fact, quite the opposite, quite the opposite. God has actually revealed that there is something very much lacking in every single one of us. And each one of us have, have certain defects. And that's actually good news. How is that good news? Well, it's good news because it leaves room for the Savior. It leaves room to be saved. It leaves room for eternal life. But what happens is we kind of forget, right? And, and we, we start to say, well, wait a second. How does that conflict with like something like self-esteem? Or how does that conflict with, um, you know, upholding dignity? Well, if we are the ones who can restore our own dignity, then it would be a problem. But it's Jesus who restores our dignity. It's Jesus by virtue of his grace and his forgiveness and salvation that gives us that sacramental dignity and assists us with our moral dignity as well through, through the operation of his grace. It's because of Jesus Christ. It's not because of ourselves. If we could do it ourselves, we wouldn't need Jesus. Then why in the world are we here? There's no reason to go to church. There's no reason to be Catholic, Christian, Jewish, none of it. None of it really matters if we can save ourselves. Which of course goes back to the sin of Adam and Eve. They wanted to be like God. And that's the sin we have today. People want to be able to create their own reality. This conflicts very much so with divine revelation a God who has spoken objective truth into the world and has called us to live by that objective truth. And so every one of us, every single one of us have failed. Every single one of us will fail again. It's just part of life is that we, we make bad decisions. A couple weeks ago, we did uh, first confessions for our kids and kids, I'm not going to ask you to identify yourselves because, you know, we got to keep that between us, right? But, but children, I'm so proud of you. You did such a great job. You are so much better at confession than your parents. You don't even know. And I'm a professional. I can evaluate that. You're so good at it. And, um, you know, there's a couple things I told the kids, and I want you to hear this, is... The first thing I said to them is, I said, kids, you are not your sin. Your sin is separate from you, right? 
You have value and dignity and goodness, and sometimes we do bad things. We do things we shouldn't have done, and we have to say we're sorry. That's what this is. And I said, then the second thing I said was, I think people uh, sometimes wonder, and it, it holds them back from going to confession. You know, what does Father think? You know, I, I got to tell this to another, you know, another person. And, and I admit, yeah, it's a little awkward, actually, for everyone involved. And it can be an impediment for people to go. And so I told the kids, I said, look, when I was little, I had to take out the garbage. Actually, now that I'm big, I still have to take out the garbage. It's one of my chores. But I said, that's how I see confession. I'm taking out the garbage. We're taking out the garbage. The garbage isn't you because you are wonderful and good. The garbage is bad decisions we made. That's all it is. What does father think of, you know, when, so after this homily, you know, we had a number of, of uh, a few more confessions and, and we had people asking some really good questions like about their marriages. Uh, people had questions about, well, what, father, if I got divorced, does that divorce changes nothing about your state in the church? It's only if you remarry outside of the church, then it's, then it's an issue. We gotta fix that. So we had some people call and, and we're getting that in process. We're fixing that up. Um, you know, and, and so there was, there was some really good reflection on the part of people and, and questions that came forward. And um, one of the things that I do wanna convey, I've said it before, what does Father John think when he's sitting there? Less than you think, number one. Number two, I don't care about your sins. I just don't care about your sins. I care about you very much. I love you very much. Kids, you know, who came to, the kids who came to the kids, I love them very much. Don't care about the sin. I mean, you don't care. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to, doesn't matter to me. I'm just here to help you get through it. I'm just there to forgive your sin. Do you remember my sin? You know, if you see me on Sunday, and no. Never? Never. I can't even remember your names. <laughs> There's, I, I've, I've told you, I, I really do not, I, I have this strained, my memory just, you know, it, it's not so good with the short-term stuff. Long-term stuff, it, it's generally better. But, um, but I think I also compartmentalize the whole confession thing. So, so that when I'm done, I, I truly am done. Even if you come in and talk to me in my office, I generally forget everything you said. I compartmentalize it, it goes away. It just doesn't matter to me because it's not you anyway. You know, and the, secondly, I, I've heard everything. I mean, it's been 22 years. I heard everything within the first week. Um, there's only 10, you know, and some, some deadly sins to add on. But I mean... You know, there's nothing that you can say that will shock me, that will get a reaction out of me. It just, I, there's a lot of people, who, they'll come to confession after, after years, you know, and they must be expecting something heavy for a penance. And um, those of you who have gone to confession to me know that that just doesn't happen. So I'll be like, all right, one Hail Mary. And they just look at me, you know, like I got three heads, like they need to be punished more. And I don't say it all the time, but I'm like, you've punished yourself enough. You don't need more punishment. And this isn't about punishment. This is about freedom. This is about freedom. It's about being set free. And that's, 
the kind of parish we are. It's the kind of priest I strive to be. You know, when I think of images of priesthood, there are two particular images I think of. One is the, uh, that event of the return of the prodigal son, right? He went off, squandered everything his father gave him, all of his blessings, squandered him, came, finally figured out he should, you know, just go back home and beg his father. And so while he's a long ways off, his father sees him and comes running to him, you know, and rejoices right away. And the, and the son's like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry I did all this stuff. And the dad's like, forget it. You're back. I don't care. You're back. To me, that's an, that's an image of priesthood I, I really desire to embody. I just care that you're back. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. You know, it, to the degree that I can help you through it, sure. But I care about you. I don't care about the, the choices we've made. <clears throat> the second image is the, uh, the woman caught in adultery, which really in some ways a horrible scene. You know, these awful men drag this woman forward and in front of Jesus, trying to get him to judge her. Well, they're, they're using her, you know, really to, to trick, trying to trick Jesus. And, uh, you know, because one of the guys was caught with her, by the way. So he wasn't dragged in the middle. But Jesus says, he with, you know, he who is without sin cast the first stone because she was supposed to be executed for this. And of course, they all walk away because they're filthy. But it's the, it's the interaction with the woman that I think is such, for me, is such a, a wonderful image of priesthood. He doesn't judge her. He just looks upon her with love. You know, and he says, is there anyone left? No. Okay. See ya. <laughs> well, is that it? Well, yeah, I mean, stop sinning, but you're fine. You know, the Lord, we, we think the Lord holds on to this, but the reality is we hold on to all these things and we punish ourselves and, and beat ourselves up for, you know, bad decisions, for just life not working out, for relationships or marriages not working out. I mean, life is just really hard and we don't have a God who's trying to make it worse and you shouldn't have a priest who's trying to make it worse. We have a God who's trying to heal. So you have a priest who's trying to heal and a parish that's trying to heal. One last uh, uh, story. This, this last Monday, we had uh, dinner with the bishop. Uh, every year they do this Advent dinner with priests and the bishop. And I thought I should probably meet the guy. Uh, I, <laughs> I hadn't even introduced myself to him yet. And... Um, I usually try to stay away from authority. Um, that's a whole other issue. But, uh, but he was very nice. But as I was there, of course, I, I saw, um, you know, a bunch of buddies, a bunch of priest friends, and a lot of times you just don't see each other. And so I was able to catch up. Reflecting upon those experiences, I couldn't stop talking about you. I couldn't stop talking about you to them. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. My people are amazing. My parish is amazing. I have never been happier in my life than I am with these people. They're incredible. 
And I was going on and on and on. And I could tell they were just like, wait a second, usually we complain at these things. And I said, you gotta come and check it out. You know, just come and visit sometime. It's an amazing community. I'm so proud to be your priest. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy to be with you in such a joy-filled parish. So this week, um, I'm gonna have a flash sale on confessions. Uh, true. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do the usual Thursday, Friday uh, after the 8.30 Mass, but we'll also have Monday and Wednesday evenings. I'll start at 5, and I'll, I'll go as long as, as long as you need, as long as people show up, and uh, they'll just carry me out of here. But uh, if you need to go, now, so here's the thing, right? It, it's your conscience that needs to judge the actions that's the function of the conscience, is to judge actions. It doesn't judge people, it judges actions. And you need to judge whether those are, are sins that are mortal and need to go to confession, or if they're venial and they can be just confessed directly to God and, you know, as you receive Holy Communion, et cetera, there's many different ways to have those forgiven, but they can be just confessed directly to God. I can't tell you because I can't. I simply cannot tell you where those are. I can tell you the, the conditions. I can tell you how to evaluate. But ultimately, you need to arrive at whether you need to go to confession or not, whether that's just something you need to do. And I just encourage you to not be afraid. I care about you. That's it. The sins are stuff we just got to get rid of. And then we live in freedom. And that's what the Savior is truly about. Please stand.